Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Brent, and with me is the sheltered Dylan. <laughs> so I thought that was, yes, you're in a closet right now, I'm, recording, I'm, and you're sheltered. I'm in a closet, in a shelter in place. Thankfully, I'm not sheltered in place in the closet. That, yes, would be very, that would be very convenient. I mean, this is a pretty spacious closet, but I still wouldn't want to live in here. And <laughs> it's getting more extreme for us yeah. Michiganders. They're going to start fining people for going out into that wide oh, world really? and doing some That's crazy. unessential things. Yeah, uh, because uh, we're all bad human beings. We're bad as a species. We should have been eliminated a long time ago. Um, but you know, until then, you got to deal with us. Yeah, Nevada has a, it's not really a shelter in place here. It's more non-essential businesses closed down. So it's kind of a half-ass shelter in place. But apparently, mm, according to cell phone data, we are one of the best at staying at home. So I don't know. I guess shut down all the casinos and everyone's just like, yeah, all right, we'll just <laughs> not go anywhere. <laughs> Which is weird because I see people all, like, I see people all over the streets anyway when I drive home from work because I have to work because I work in an essential business. Yeah, anyway, essential business. I also that. work in an essential business, but it's from home. Yes, the, key. the best type. All right, so we wanted to thank a new patron we have today. Yes. We want to thank yes, Hayne Brousseau. Thank you so much for signing up with us. I think I've already made this joke. I assume that they are the yeah. Rousseau of bros, uh, but the joke is good <laughs> enough to repeat. In the bonus episode, that's right. that's right. Yes. Also, we have a Discord channel where we are all on there chatting it away, and you can come join us. It's at discord.nundarecallitordinary.com. Yeah, and I so am. Come I, hang out with us. I have to yeah. say, I'm usually on there like 24 7 because, again, I work from home. Yeah. And so I'm either editing an episode or I'm, you know, I'm doing uh, sessions online or I'm writing an episode or I'm writing a dissertation. So I'm like on a computer 24 7. And basically, when I'm on yeah. my computer, I'm on Discord at the same time. So stop on by. <laughs> You know, yeah. distract me from my boring work, and I will be very <laughs> grateful. And with that out of the way, so what are we talking about today, Brent? Well, Dylan, we are talking about COVIDiots. This is our series on COVIDiots, mm, yep. part two. So last time we went into why the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, you know, isn't a big deal. And then we also went into, you know, some other stuff about how you could cure it with MMS bleach cure and things like that. Hair dryers. We highly recommend you don't do. But yes, all accurate, all good stuff. But today we're going to talk about where it came from. Excellent. So we need to get to the get to the bottom of this. And I think Dylan has more on that. Uh, yes, I do. Um, and so, you know, we have a few. There's a few theories out there about where COVID-19 came from, and they are ordered in terms of most credible. So we're going to start right off the top with mm -hmm. the clearly correct theory. Oh, yeah. Because many of the conspiracies and other baloney that we're going to cover cite the typical biological causes of a disease, you know, like this. So mm -hmm. evil big pharma trying mm -hmm. to create a disease only to make money uh, vaccinating against <laughs> it. That's a common right. thing. Or evil big pharma trying to derail Trump's reelection or yes. evil big pharma in the CIA trying to craft a bioweapon. We're going to talk about all that stuff. But all of that is a smokescreen to the real cause of COVID-19, 5G wireless <laughs> internet. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, there's 5G. I, I think I'm on 3G, actually. I'm like, I'm like two Gs behind. This is not good. I mean, so, I mean, I know, I know this is supposed to be a joke or whatever, but in all seriousness, you, you should be at least on 4G. No kidding. I mean, 3G, you're not getting anything. <laughs> Your maps aren't working. You're not getting any texts. Oh, God. I yeah. mean, you're going to have a real shit quarantine 
if you've only got 3G, you've got to get that Ethernet. you got to get that broadband. How else are you going to stream all those Neil Breen movies? So uh, what's the deal with this 5G theory? Full fact, the UK's independent fact-checking charity has the scoop on a Facebook claim that lays out the solid argument for the 5G menace. The argument is simple. Where did COVID-19 originate? Wuhan, China. Where was 5G wireless internet first rolled out? You guessed it. Wuhan, China. Coincidence? Oh my God. <laughs> also, wait, wait. I may have a download process coming here. COVID-19, Ooh. 5G. So G is the seventh letter in the alphabet. So it's like yep. seven plus five equals 12 plus seven again for some reason. And you get 19 oh. from COVID-19. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think that is. Oh my God. I think we're it. finding out something here. <sighs> Finally, that is. God. That is the download process to end all download processes. And as you know, as I have suggested and as Brent just suggested, of course, it isn't a coincidence. Right. And the poster goes into even more detail. 5G is so powerful, it can weaken our immune systems. Oh. COVID-19 isn't a new virus at all. It turns out Medal of Freedom Award winner Rush Limbaugh was right. Yeah. COVID-19 is simply the common cold made more powerful relative to our weakened immunity. Oh, that's all it is. That's impressive. Okay. It's very impressive. Wow. Now, I, I know some of our listeners, you probably think this is wrong <laughs> because there's absolutely no evidence uh, that 5G oh. has these detrimental effects on our immune systems. You still can't deny the weird coincidence, though, that the only place 5G was rolled out was also the source of COVID-19. Yeah, yep. Except you can because 5G was also rolled out in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou. So this argument actually um, is no good. It's actually bad. It, it falls apart immediately. Yeah, but the numerology comes through, like always. You can always count on numerology to make anything add up. So that, exactly. that's how I live my life. Exactly. It definitely adds up. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right. And so, all right. So that might not be the best explanation of where this came from. But maybe Brent has the real scoop on where it came from. That's right. So in February, Tom Cotton went on Fox News to spread the debunked conspiracy theory that, sorry to say that, right off the bat, just called it debunked. My bad. <laughs> Let me just start that over. In February, Tom Cotton went on Fox News to spread the, the true facts that the coronavirus was secretly created in a Chinese lab for use as a bioweapon against the U.S. Of course. He said, quote, we don't know where it originated. We have to get to the bottom of that. We also know that just a few miles away from that food market is China's only biosafety level four super laboratory that researches human infectious diseases. Look, wait a minute. OK, so first of all, I think it's helpful to remember that Tom Cotton is a senator. Yes. So let's just keep that in the back of our minds. This man is at the highest echelons of government. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's also, you know, we got to be clear. He's not saying mm -hmm. that it was created by a Chinese lab. He's just saying, He's just saying it was that a few miles away from where it probably originated, there's this, uh, you know, human infectious diseases lab. He's just throwing that in there. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of saying, do your own research with that. Yes, so yes, yes. We can't, we don't want to slander Senator Cotton. According to a professor of chemical biology at Rutgers University by the name of Richard Ebright, there is, quote, absolutely nothing in the genome sequence of this virus that indicates the virus was engineered. The possibility this was a deliberately released bioweapon can be firmly excluded. Mm. But 
as Dylan says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the expert opinion of the U.S. congressman here. I'm sorry. What, chemical biologist? Come on. Whatever that is. No one cares. Yeah, I, he's a now, senator. It's a lot yeah, harder to be a senator a, than it is to be, oh, professor of okay, chemical yeah. biology. What? Oh, so, right. you know, you couldn't decide between biology and schooling. chemistry, so you just decided to add them together. Sounds fake. <laughs> Sounds fake as fuck. <laughs> Vipin Narang, a political science professor at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology with a background in chemical engineering, stated that it was, quote, highly unlikely the global population was plagued by a virus created on purpose or accident in a lab saying, quote, we don't have any evidence for that. It's a skip in logic to say it's a bioweapon that the Chinese developed and intentionally deployed or even unintentionally deployed. So, I mean, it may be a skip in logic. I don't know. I also just love I love the use of highly unlikely here like <laughs> Tom Cotton just just spouted this shit on TV yeah. like that's it. He just right. spouted shit like he had nothing. <laughs> and and then we respond by saying it's highly unlikely. <laughs> Let's respond. He, he said nothing and we should ignore it. It's like if I go to a mental asylum and I say, you know, this man, he says that he's Napoleon, but it's highly unlikely right. that he is, in fact, Napoleon. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to you don't need to go that far. Overall, most countries have abandoned their research on bioweaponry after many years of work without any notable results. That's why. <laughs> Not because it's it's a disturbing, morally repugnant <laughs> activity like we're just this is hard. We're not really getting anywhere. We're not killing people in any fun ways. So let's let's do something else. <laughs> the British tabloid, the Daily Mail, was one of the first originators of this conspiracy, suggesting that there could be a link between the spread of the coronavirus and the Wuhan National Biosafety Laboratory. The lab is part of the Wuhan Institute of Virology and opened in 2014, Ebright said, quote, Wuhan Institute of Virology is a world-class research institution that does world-class research in virology and immunology. So I'm sure that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is a world-class research institution that does world-class research. Yeah. But you don't, you know what? I understand you might be feeling a little bit of pressure now. A lot of eyes are on you. You don't have to say world-class twice. It's fine. If you're a world-class, <laughs> you, you can't be a world-class research institution that just does jack shit research. That's part of what being right. a world-class research institution is about. You know, have a little confidence. Right. You got to show some confidence. The lab is a cellular level biosafety level four facility and secretive due to its high level of operational security researching dangerous pathogens, which include Ebola. Because of this work, researchers use protective suits and airlocks to get in and out of the lab, which, you know, kind of looks a little conspiracy theory. -y. It's kind of scary looking. I get it. Yeah, that's definitely an X-Files look. Right. Yeah. Cao Tengki, Chinese ambassador to the United States, pushed back on Tom Cotton's conspiracy theories regarding the origins of COVID-19 being from the Wuhan lab. He did so on CBS's Face the Nation in early February, saying, quote, it's true that a lot of is still unknown. But it's very harmful. It's very dangerous to stir up suspicion, rumors, and spread them among the people. For one thing, this will create panic. Another thing is that it will fan up racial discrimination, xenophobia, all these things that will really harm our joint efforts to combat the virus. So that's pretty reasonable, I think. Yeah, that, right I, yeah that's a nice, reasonable uh, statement. Well, too bad, because Tom Cotton posted on Twitter in response to the ambassador's comments, quote, where did it start? We don't know. But burden of proof is on you and fellow communists. So <laughs> a little unnecessary, but all right. I, there, have, to, Tom. I have to say, uh, Brent, I think um, <laughs> I know where COVID-19 started. It started in your home. Mm. You've been cooking up a bunch of COVID-19 and the burden of proof is on you 
to show that it didn't start in that's your right. home. That's how it works. That's yeah. the level of reasoning required to become a United <laughs> States senator. Oh, God. Remember Vipin Narang? We just talked about him. Well, he had something to say to Cotton. Quote, these kinds of conspiracy theories are unhelpful. I don't think it's particularly helpful, and it's borderline irresponsible to peddle it. Cotton should spend more time funding the agencies in the United States that can help contain and combat the virus rather than trying to assign blame. <laughs> yes, so, I love it. Yeah. And with that, little Tommy Cottontail retreated back into his little hole in the ground. And oh, wait, just kidding. He's still saying dumb shit. So <sighs> let's just keep that in mind. Also, I, there is one problem with that quote, and it's that he said it's borderline irresponsible to peddle mm. it. It's irresponsible to peddle it's, it. Let's yes. drop the adjective. Yes, everyone's so nice to these people. You don't have to be nice. You know who's not nice? No. Bill Gates. Tom Cotton. Uh, Tom Cotton's not nice, but Bill Gates is worse because him and the United States government actually initiated the coronavirus Damn. in 2018. Uh, that's so a segue. That's uh, it's quite a segue, and it's not very nice. <laughs> So, you know, there's a lot of speculation about where the coronavirus came from that, you know, we're all talking about here. But the answer is really simple. It's actually Bill Gates. It's him. I'm personally more of an Apple guy when it comes to my baseless speculations. I think it came from Steve Jobs. Yeah. I'm just I'm, so my I think Bill Gates used Steve Jobs's corpse um, okay. as a guinea pig of sorts to uh, create the disease. So we can kind of join these two together. OK, that makes sense. According to BuzzFeed News, our best friend, Jordan Sather, mm -hmm. a prominent mm -hmm. QAnon booster, pointed out that coronavirus, a, quote, new fad disease, as he put it, had its very own patent filed in 2015 and granted in 2018. Ah, uh, new fad disease. Oh, for sure. You know, coronavirus looked unstoppable this season on the runway at CBS's next top virus. That was yeah, it might just go viral. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that is the comedy you come for yeah. on this podcast. Jordan Sather speculates further about the patent holder and their nefarious schemes. Quote. Mm -hmm. The assignee of this patent was the government-funded Peerbright Institute out of the UK. Was the release of this disease planned? Is the media being used to incite fear around it? Is the cabal desperate for money so they're tapping their big pharma reserves? And, as it turns out, if you visit the Justia Patents page, which is a search engine to find uh, you know, patent documents online, oh, yeah. you will see that there is a patent for coronavirus taken out by the Purebright Institute. So what gives? And it literally, if you go there, and we'll have a link in the description, it literally says coronavirus at the top, which is kind of spooky. Justia themselves offers a helpful explanation right at the top of their page. Quote, Disclaimer, coronavirus is a broad name for a family of viruses. This patent is not for the new COVID-19 virus, and the Peerbright Institute does not currently work with human coronaviruses. Hmm. If you share this patent online, be aware that you are in fact sharing a separate patent for avian infectious bronchitis virus and porcine delta coronavirus. This is not a patent for the new COVID-19 virus. Yeah, whatever. So pretty I don't know if I believe that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, let's just ignore that. We know that but, they're in the pocket of big Bill Gates. But what does all this have to do with Bill Gates? Well, as it turns out, the Purebright Institute was awarded a Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation grant to study livestock antibodies. Because the QAnon crowd is well-versed in how nonprofit grant writing works, <laughs> they have deduced that Bill Gates is a co-owner oh. of the Purebright Institute. That's when, when, you, 
when you give a grant mm. to a nonprofit organization, you become a co-owner. Mm. That's everyone knows that's how it works. But why? Why on earth would Bill Gates and the Purebright Institute do any of this stuff? The answer is simple. The deep state knew that nothing was stopping the Trump train and they released COVID-19 to sow chaos and I guess make Joe Biden look better in comparison to all the sick people. Yeah, that checks out. History has taught us that after chaos occurs, like, say, after the aftermath of, you know, 9-11, we always elect a Democrat as president the following election cycle. It's just the way it works. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they're the deep state. Yeah. So they know that and they're going to use that information wisely. Exactly. What the Purebright Institute was really doing, as opposed to, you know, trying to get Donald Trump uh, taken down, was developing a vaccine the way all vaccines are developed. But as you can guess, the QAnon crowd is none too happy about this vaccine mm -hmm. business either. Even if you buy that story, yeah. they don't like it. As one QAnon supporter tweeted, quote, big money in vaccines. Who is pushing for people to be vaccinated? Hillary and Chelsea. Oh, fuck. God damn it. You know, I will not stand for these false statements made by QAnon supporter, this QAnon supporter here. Hillary and Chelsea. No, no, no. It's Hillary and Bill or else this is just they need to get their facts straight. Chelsea they do. And I mean, you know, you know who else was involved that no one talks about anymore? Socks. Socks. Yeah. The cat is deep in all of this nonsense. You just know it. This claim was also noted by a member of the United States for Medical Freedom group, uh, you know, who linked Facebook policy surrounding the group with a certain furor of the past. Quote, this is a man made patented virus with a vaccine in the works. Here's the link to the patent. So back in Nazi Germany. Hitler didn't want anyone to wake up to his deceit, so he had Jews in every neighborhood give the SS intel, kind of like Facebook, reporting our comments. It's essentially the same thing. Who, are, who wrote this? Roger Waters? It is exactly understand. the same. <laughs> Facebook removing comments is the same as the SS getting Jews in Nazi Germany to you know, hide their Nazi deceit. That's exactly the same. God damn. Exactly. All right. So these are all probably all right, yeah. but there's one conspiracy. I think the one conspiracy that really is probably the most popular has the most reach because it doesn't have really a lot of, it doesn't have a lot of weirdo vibes. Mm -hmm. I think it's much more, you don't have to be a QAnon person or, you know, like an Alex Jones fanboy to appreciate this. Right. Probably the most popular theory regarding the origin of COVID-19 is that somehow eating a bat is responsible. Oh, it's bat related shit. Ozzy Osbourne is patient zero. Then <laughs> bit the head right off that bat. As Rolling Stone reports, the current most accepted theory among experts, those people who you shouldn't trust, mm -hmm. is that the true origin was a live animal market in Wuhan. Mm -hmm. Since Chinese people love eating bats, then that must be where it all started. I mean, you know, it's live animals. They love bats, apparently. So that must yeah. be where we got it. Yep. Now, of course, it should be noted that the live animal market in question is a seafood market, according mm. to uh, Science Magazine, the Huanan seafood wholesale market. But who cares? You know, bats. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Maybe they're not seafood. That seems irrelevant. Also, it is true that Chinese folks apparently love eating animals that are still alive from these, uh, quote, wet markets. And the author of a um, an article in a Time Magazine was served sashimi from a still living fish, yeah. which is real metal that's pretty hardcore and it is and yans hong huang a public health expert at the council of foreign relations notes quote 
This is just part of Chinese culture. They love to eat anything alive. Anything alive? Holy shit. That's that's been that's, anything. Wow. Anything. As long as it's alive, they will eat it. <laughs> and the other, you know, the other thing we want to say kind of not in defense of the bat theory, but kind of, you know, about this live animal market mm-hmm. is that wet markets can help the spread of diseases like COVID-19. Right. Quote, experts say that it's hard to downplay the problematic nature of, quote, wet markets. So named because of the large quantities of water used to slosh the floors, especially those that sell live animals. A mixture of urine, feces, and other bodily fluids from live wild creatures ends up mixing with blood from butchered animals, providing ideal opportunities for viruses and bacteria to thrive. Says Huang, quote, as long as there are still wet markets, we will continue to see these outbreaks popping up. You know what? I was thinking that maybe... It came from Vegas because I thought wet and wild was a wet market, but that's just a um, horribly disgusting place here that uh, probably actually did. You know, COVID-19 could have come from that. I mean, when (laughs) I think of it's when I think of a mixture of urine, feces and other bodily fluids from Mm. live wild creatures, wet and wild. I mean, it does fit the bill. It does. You know, I mean, that is that is definitely true. And it probably (laughs) is mixing with blood from maybe not butchered animals, but, you know, at least, you know, cut people. Um, <laughs> true story. Wet and wild has the lazy river mm. and my dad calls it the urine river. Now <laughs> that's the wet market stuff, but where do we get the bats? Well, one expert who um, happens to be unaffiliated with any university or really unaffiliated with any expertise at all. Perfect. Shared then. a video of a purported bowl of bat soup with the headline quote, does this thing look like death in your bowl? <laughs> and that tweet Got 2,000 likes, so it, I mean, it must be true. Wait, so, so was this bat alive in the soup since the uh, supposedly, you know, the cultural thing among Chinese people? That's that's a thing, I guess. And if it's so. It's unclear, because I mean, they don't, yeah. they don't just eat living animals, um, okay. but it's unclear if the bat in this video was alive. I don't think it was. I was going to say, because like, if it does, this, you know, this, this, it doesn't really make sense to have, does this death, it does look like death in your bowl, because it's not death. It would be alive. Yeah, if it was alive, like, no, it looks like that's fucking alive, dude. Right. <laughs> Another tweet reads, quote, y'all Chinese people eat this shit and expect to be fine. Come on. I love how you could literally do the exact same thing with the typical American diet of fast food and fast food slop, whatever. It's the exact same thing. (laughs) Oh, you're eating the Baconator, which is three (laughs) beef patties and just a pound of bacon and you expect to be fine. Come on. Yeah. Or like what KFC with like donuts as buns. Like, all right, let's let's reel back. The origin of the bat soup claim was a video of a woman clutching an entire bat with a pair of chopsticks and eating it. And this video was reported on by the Daily Mail and RT, where it was then spread wildly on Twitter. But as the website Health reports, that video did not take place in Wuhan or even in China. (laughs) It was filmed by Wang Mengyong, who runs an online travel channel in Palau, Micronesia, an oh. island in the Western Pacific Ocean. That's just nitpicking, though, Dylan. That's that's a joke for Forrest, too. Also, I, I do, we do have to mention it was filmed in 2016. Oh, okay. So a little bit, <laughs> little bit in the past. So maybe not related at all to uh, current <laughs> events. And as a result of the video, uh, Wong has gotten some disgusting and also bizarre threats online. <laughs> Quote, you should go to hell. You should be killed. In the evening, you're abnormal. You're disgusting. Why haven't you died? Can you explain to me why you haven't died? Also, killed in the evening. Yeah, what? come on. Like Wang isn't a bat herself. She doesn't only come out in the evening. You know, this isn't cannibalism video here. Come on. Yeah, I, the only thing because I think her because um, she she uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about her letter, but she writes she wrote a letter about all this. 
um, that she posted online. And I think it might have been translated. So mm-hmm. maybe like the insult was like, you know, someone should sneak up on you in the night. Oh, and okay. like kill Got you. It. Um, but then there was some weird loss in translation. So it's like, you should be killed in the evening, which sounds <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. Either way, it's all terribly awful. Yeah. Yeah. And even though there's nothing wrong with eating bats, right. like relative to eating any other kind of meat, like, you know, just period. Yeah. And this was four years ago. So has like, she's not promoting eating bats, you know, anything. Yeah. She still apologized for the video, which blows my mind saying, quote, I am sorry, everyone. I should not have eaten a bat. I had no idea during filming that there was such a virus. I realized it only recently. (laughs) So to be clear about this, she is apologizing over doing something that people claim is dangerous because of their mistaken beliefs about her video of her doing that thing. She's just a beautiful circle. She also notes that the fruit bat she ate was not a wild bat, but a domestic bat raised for consumption. So again, yeah, not just taking a wild bat, you know, out of a tree and eating it. This is a bat. This is an animal <laughs> raised for food consumption. And she ends her apology letter in an incredible way. Quote, many countries around the world eat this. It's a daily dish in many countries, but it's also a bat. Can't argue with that. <laughs> so we, we got to I mean, we, you know, we ha- we've been talking about a lot of non experts. So let's kind of mm-hmm. move into the uh, the experts. Oh, yeah, um, sure. Tucker Carlson's daily yes. caller. If we want experts <laughs> on COVID-19, it's them. And they also had something to say about the bat theory uh, with this glorious headline. Is this objectively disgusting soup? What's causing the coronavirus outbreak? You know, I would bet money Tucker Carlson eats hot dogs. And I, I just I'm just gonna leave it. There. I would bet money that just, Tucker Carlson eats it. hot dogs every day. Right. All every right. So day. I know for a fact <laughs> he just eats them can just see it. He's got the I eat hot dogs look on his face. We've seen that look. Oh we all know the Tucker that's, Carlson. Yeah, that's the look. I mean, he's also <laughs> probably throwing some tuna in there because he does have the mercury eyes. Right. Yes, he's got mercury. And eyes. if you read this article, you'll find that this link between the bat soup and the coronavirus outbreak, it's been made according to, quote, reports. Oh, perfect. There is a sentence that suggests that scientists believe that snakes or bats could be responsible. And three of the words in that sentence seemingly chosen at random have links to other sources. So maybe (laughs) we'll get some, you know, citations in here. Unfortunately, none of those sources contain the word bat. And two of them are for other Daily Caller blog articles. One which is completely unrelated to COVID-19. So in short, you know, as a kind of a side here, maybe drop the Daily Caller from your list of authoritative sources. I'm not sure what they're doing for you. Yeah, and I think, you know, while we're doing the daily, the daily things, let's just drop Daily Storm or two in case. Yeah. I mean, if that's on your list, you should really seek help anyway. But yeah, let's let's drop all those. It actually turns out, and this is one of my favorite things I've learned. We started by just assuming that Chinese people eat bats because, you know, we're racist. Yeah. Um, it turns out Chinese folks yep. aren't as voracious consumers of bats as we like to racistly assume, it's weird how our racist assumptions um, aren't true. And in the greatest of ironies, bat consumption went way down after the 2002-2003 SARS outbreak because people believed that that SARS outbreak was due to bats when it actually wasn't either. And it actually, it turns out that the uh, the SARS outbreak, uh, palm civets, a breed of large cat, uh, has been connected to that particular outbreak. Yeah, just... Do not fuck with cats. Yep. Do not fuck with cats. Exactly. To put it simply, there is just literally no evidence. I'm not going to say little evidence or a dearth of evidence. There is no evidence Mm -hmm. that 
eating bats, eating bat soup had anything to do with the coronavirus outbreak. None. Zero. Some jackasses sharing dumb videos on YouTube or Twitter is not evidence. All right. We've talked about a lot of theories. Who's the real culprit if it's not bats? One article I found suggests it might be snakes, as was mentioned, Mm. and other researchers think it was pangolins. I also do want to say this, that even if eating bats was not the source of the outbreak, that doesn't mean the bats out there had nothing to do with this. I want to be very clear. All or nothing. (laughs) And in this case, it just can't be. In a new article from the Journal of Medical Virology, snakes sold at the seafood market we mentioned earlier were the likely culprit. But what do snakes eat? Bats. Uh, But what do bats eat? Let's follow this as far as we can go and see what those. I don't know. I think bats just eat disease. Yeah. That might be the implication here. They just eat viruses. So as with SARS, bats could be an incubator or reservoir for the disease, even if they can't give it to humans. Snakes eat the bats, people eat the snakes, and then we all get sick. Yeah, snakes eating bats, bats eating snakes, people eating snakes. Well, this, you know, it's still all probably better than eating American fast food diet. So let's just be honest. at this point. I would like I would like a uh, a, be- a risk benefit assessment yeah, to figure out too. what the true uh, the problem is here. Also, you know, I ta- we talked about maybe snakes are the culprit, maybe pangolins, but really, this is all a mistake. Because according to a CNN op-ed written by Dr. Robert Bryman, the real culprit is us. Oh, that's nice. We are the mistake in this situation. After all, we're the ones eating these animals in the first place, as well as destroying their local environments and shipping them around the world. Yeah, so, you know, as we continue to clear-cut forests, this is leading to more interaction between us and the carriers of these viruses like rats, bats, snakes, and so the chances of COVID-19 type global outbreaks become more likely this way. Yeah, 100%. And this is something that uh, Dr. Bryman mentions because he talks about bats and how they could be reservoirs for COVID-19. Yeah. And then he's talking about deforestation. And then deforestation leads to pangolins or civets or snakes or whatever to kind of go into closer proximity to these bats Mm -hmm. and leads to them getting sick and eventually us getting sick. In the same way that we need to practice social distancing, we also want the various critters of the world to practice social distancing. And that is harder when we're confining them into smaller and smaller places. Further, a new study in The Lancet suggests that COVID-19 might not have originated in that wet market in the first place. And so all of this (laughs) this is is totally, totally wrong. (laughs) The study suggests that the earliest cases began in November of 2019 with patients wholly unrelated to the market. Ah. Then later on in the next month, it could have entered the market and spread from there. So the the live market could have served as an incubator again and could have, you know, increased it, but didn't actually originate there. So on that note, we are done. So Dylan, what did you learn? Anything from uh, this one and actually the last last episode, this whole series, anything stick out to you on the COVIDiots series? What have I learned? I really, that Tom Cotton thing, I think is perfect. Mm. Where if somebody says something, it's their job to back it up. Yes. Period. Full stop. No questions. That is how this whole game of giving and asking for reasons works. Right. If exactly. you make a statement, you have to back it up. Period. Yep. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're a senator or whoever. And so for all of these things, if they don't give you evidence, just ignore it. Don't yeah. share it. Because I think that's one thing is we, we don't have to just quarantine ourselves. We need to quarantine these social media claims. Don't share them. Don't read them. Right. You know, don't tell other people. Just keep them isolated. Right. You know, we have to talk about them, you know, to kind of show how fucking stupid they are. 
And just, I think ultimately there's a lot of stuff with these where it's like, you know, like with the Tom, again, I'm going to go back to Tom Cotton because he's a fucking United States Senator and also one of the dumbest people who's ever lived. These kind of insinuations like, oh, it originated around here. And then there was this virus lab nearby. That's not evidence. Mm -hmm. That's not evidence. Like what is your evidence that it came out of that lab? Right. And the answer is he has none. none. This is another thing about describing this is like, people are like, well, it's unlikely and there's not much evidence. There is no evidence. It's 100% unlikely. There's no reason to consider these possibilities. Right. There's no evidence provided. Not a little, none. Yeah. And so I think we need to be more direct. I think that's the one thing yes. about this. The responses. Um, especially because yeah. this is so dangerous. We need to be more direct with how we respond to these claims. There's no evidence. If you say, if you make a claim like this, it's not about just ooh, like suggestions. Uh, no, 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 no. What's your evidence? If you don't have any, shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think that that kind of sums up everything with this whole series, too. I mean, it's called covid So, you you know, don't listen to, obviously, I guess, United States senators, but also, you know, Twitter people that we don't know that that they're just random people. They're not experts. You're not, you know, look for like actual sources from scientists, from CDC, you know, World Health Organization, things that are going to have some like weight behind them, because a lot of this stuff is just clear bullshit. I mean, except for the bleach thing. We all know that's true. But other than that. And the 5G thing. Yeah, I mean, I was actually going to say that, you know, maybe, I mean, the one other thing I learned is like definitely 4G is enough. (laughs) I mean, it's fast enough. I I get, you know, (laughs) I can stream YouTube and Netflix on my phone. We don't need to go up a level. I already, I have a smart meter, which is kind of another target of attack. And so I'm already going to get some kind of disease from that. That's already weakening my immunity (laughs) just so I could figure out how much electricity, you know, my novelty Las Vegas sign lamp (laughs) takes up. And so I'm already at risk. I don't need 5G on top of that. And with Dylan's direct description of his signage that he has decor in his new house, his Las Vegas signage lamp. And we are officially done with our COVID series. And we are done. Thank you for listening to this episode of None Dare Call It Ordinary. If you would also like to hear our weekly bonus episodes, just become a $5 a month patron over at patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary. That is also where you'll find any blog posts, pictures, and news updates to go along with our regular series. And you don't even have to be a patron to get access to all that fun stuff. You can also reach us by email at none dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. Lastly, we ask for you to please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are served.